welcome to the dream version of All Year Round for October Spooky Month. It's Halloween. <laughs> Are you dreaming? <laughs> well, actually, the question of whether you're dreaming or awake is something that we might come to in a minute. So we're going to be talking about why, what Victorians thought that dreams were, um, which there isn't really a single answer to. But before we get to that, dreams and spooky things. Technically, dreams are a good thing, right? We okay. talk about like getting your dream job, going on a dream holiday. Oh yeah, when, when you you know you might call your resolution the dreams that you want to achieve that yeah, year. Okay. Exactly. Um, they did use it that way in Victorian terms as well. They did use it as like you know, oh, it's my dream to do this thing. So it does still have positive connotations, but. Dreams obviously also have this really unsettling side to them. So one of my favourite dreams in literature is obviously in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Of course, of course. <laughs> as you know. Uh, so one of the scariest bits of the fact that this is a dream, uh, actually through the looking glass, is when they go to see the Red King and he's asleep and dreaming. I feel like from your face you know where I'm going with this. So the Red King is asleep and Tweedledee says to Alice, what do you think would happen if the Red King woke up? Because you're just a thing in his dream. So she's like, well, you know, nothing would happen. It would just be the same. And he says, no, no, you just go out, bang, like a candle. Right, so this is um, terrifying for Alice, who tries to justify the fact that, no, I'm real, I'm not a dream thing, I'm a, a real person. And of course, it's impossible to prove whether you're asleep or, or dreaming or rational or real. Yeah. Um, so it has this quite terrifying, are you asleep or are you awake? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have not studied philosophy for a really long time, but then you get into like Descartes, like I think, therefore I am, and it's like and there's various theories of yeah. of whether that stands up or whether it doesn't. I mean, there's I cannot remember which philosopher it was, but it's a bit like with death. It's like being alive is a state and being dead is a state, and those two are mutually exclusive, and you can't know what the other one is. So I suppose if we were going to sit Alice down, we'd just be like, well, you won't know what it's like to not exist. Yeah. <laughs> because it's impossible. So don't even worry about it. That, that was kind of, that's how I got over the fear of death. I was like, won't well, know, because yeah. that won't be here. Yeah. Gone. So, bang. <laughs> like a candle. <laughs> like a candle. Yeah. So, I mean, that is... For, for that reason as well, obviously one of the unsettling things about dream, because, I mean, even when you are dreaming, it's kind of sometimes hard to tell, am I dreaming this or is yes. this actually real, right? So we do tend to kind of accept the things that happen in dream as mainly real, mm -hmm. but we're going to come back to that in a second. So Alice has one of my favourite dream scenes, and before we started the podcast, I told you to say this. But did you have a favourite literary dream? Okay, I had a couple. And the reason I say a couple is because I just really want to say one quote. And I want to say a different quote. So um, probably my favourite dream in literature is, you know, in Jane Eyre. Yeah. When, I mean, Jane has like a series of dreams. Like she often like she follows Rochester and she can't catch up. And yeah. that is familiar. And that also happens in... Uh, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, like she can't 
catch up. Um, but the one that I like is, uh, well, not like, but the one where she's locked out, like Blanche Ingram is with Rochester and Swanfield and Jane's locked out. Yeah. And I just think it's a very powerful dream. I just really, I mean, I don't like it. It's scary. But the entire <laughs> book has, like, scary points that I yeah. do enjoy. Yeah, so speaking of that kind of unsettling dream, mm. um, and we do have those moments in literature and also when they're talking about dreams generally in Victorian times where it does feel a bit more like modern psychology mm. like that. You know, you, you read that scene and you, you're seeing how she feels, internally how she feels, and that is an important way that dreams were used on um, in Victorian novels because it helps to give you insights into the characters' minds. Um, and yeah, that's that's one of the important things about the use of dream. Which actually really actually goes into my quote because it's actually from another Bronte novel. Oh. And it's one of my favourite quotes about dream. And I'll read it off of my phone because for the life of me, I knew that I would not be able to memorise it. So Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights... So many weird ass dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so many weird dreams. That is another one of my favourites for dreams. Yes. I wonder whether you're going to say the quote that I like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the stress imagine the stress if I don't do it and you go, Oh no, that wasn't it was a quote. Like, was okay, I like this one and I do actually have this stitch next to my bedside. I have dreamt in my life dreams that have stayed with me ever after and changed my ideas. They have gone through and through me like wine through water and altered the colour of my mind. Yes, that is. <gasps> that is my favourite Wuthering Heights quote too. Yeah, so I, the, one of the reasons that I particularly like that one is that it's not even just the dream is representing something. It's actually the, the dreams that you have influence your waking life. Right? Yes. So you get a lot of this like weird interweaving of reality and dream and what is it? And that's part of what makes it unsettling. Yes. So it's also one of the reasons that the Victorians so closely associated dreams with insanity. Mm, Not knowing what's real and not knowing what's real. Exactly. So if we go back to that point that we were making about, you know, it's generally in dreams, we accept what's happening during the dream as real. So we find like ridiculous situations scary, for example, that we wouldn't normally, we would rationalise that, we know it's not really happening. So the idea was that if you are unable to distinguish between what is imagined and what is real, mm-hmm. if you essentially lose your grip on um on reality then that would be insanity and so technically in a dream state where you can't distinguish between what your mind is creating and what's actually really happening you kind of are insane okay I have like modern thoughts on this that maybe have no place here (laughs) but I was thinking even what is real is made up from are concepts that's a bit like how what you're seeing is in what you're seeing because your brain is making up parts mm-hmm. of what you're seeing so there is no reality we all live <laughs> in insanity yes yeah what is reality anyway? yeah i was gonna say i mean that would be like unless sort of reality was a perfect recording i'm not sure if that's that's what victorians might have considered given all the really intense is the word we're going to use intense experiments (laughs) that they were doing on themselves yeah so I mean that is 
That's a really good point. It's potentially a really big question that we might not want to get into right now. But yeah, the the kind of um, questioning of how reliable is your perception of what is real? That was also a big Victorian kind of issue that they were thinking about. So it's one of the reasons that we get lots of like optical technology experiments Mm -hmm. and things like that also creeps into fiction. Um, There's a one that I really love in uh, George MacDonald novel. Do you remember when we talked about the the angel winged women in yes 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 so one of the other things that happens in that is that um you've got the kind of very permeable boundary between fairyland and the reality Mm -hmm. and when the main character and anados has his shadow which is like the thing that he picks up from doing the wrong thing um complicated but we won't get into that uh when he has that the fairy world sort of starts to shift to him into a more boring oh. real world so do women get um, their arms back no oh <laughs> well what was the point so that's actually a, a book that's within the book the the winged women but uh yeah so he sees these fairy children playing with um these magical devices that change the colour of the world and things like that. And when he sees it from reality, it's just a, a child with a kaleidoscope. That's still fun. Yeah. I still like kaleidoscopes. Yeah, I think it is. And it's a nice kind of combination between, you know, that imagination and fancy and the fantastical and kind of like, what can you do to change your perception? Um, but for dreams, you can't really... You can't really change them. You can't, <laughs> you can't really control them. And that's the issue, that control. Hey, I don't want to take down too much of a tangent here, but did they ever try to, like, lucid dream? Were there, like, weird experiments <laughs> in trying to do it? There are... I've never seen one of somebody attempting to lucid dream, but there are um, recorded dreams that were were used as, like, scientific study. One of the issues with, well, not really an issue, it's just the way it was. Yeah. One of the, the things that happens with Victorian dreams is there's not a big distinction between science mm-hmm. and what we would now consider as like the supernatural or the spiritual. Got it. So that makes it kind of complicated to deal with because you have to remember not to compartmentalize things in the way that we would in, mm-hmm. in modern times. So for example, um, in Victorian times, you would have some people believe that dreams were um, sent by God. So they could be messages oh, yes. from God, and that's your kind of like religious angle to it. Some people believe that they were kind of um, like in a dream state, you were closer to the spirit realm. There was a kind of crossover there, so it could be communication with the spirits. You see this in a lot of spiritualist uh, publications. But there were also the the science mm-hmm. um, or the rational kind of element to that and even saying that it's not quite right because it wasn't seen as separate mm-hmm. because the things that we would now say oh that's that's supernatural mm-hmm. like the intervention of the spirits that was being looked at in a scientific way you know is this possible is there something about the um the makeup of the world that we just don't understand we just can't explain it yet so well, even now people yeah. kind of continue on with that, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's not it's not something that's changed massively. But mm-hmm. this is around the 1860s. 
you get this shift into more physiological mm-hmm. um, explanations for dreaming. So, so, so physiological likely. is like body. Yeah, so it's actually physically explainable. Like you could dissect your brain and find this is where dreams are coming from. That that kind of okay. Idea. Okay, so is it is it kind of that that brain idea, or does this also fall into that if you eat cheese at night, or it if does. you drink green tea, that will give you nightmares? Yes, it does. So um, for our physiological explanations, it's also like chemical reactions. Could chemicals be creating these dreams? Ooh. So yeah, I think one of our best uh, literary examples of that is Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. If you remember when Jacob Marley uh, turns up to Scrooge, he tells him, um, you're just a bit of undigested beef or a blot of mustard. And that tells us that Scrooge thinks he's dreaming in that moment because that's what a lot of people believed was the origin of dream. And actually, that's not a new Victorian thing. Hmm. So I have uh, the quote written down for us here because I was afraid I wouldn't actually remember it. But for explaining dreams Mm -hmm. in a quote-unquote scientific way Mm -hmm. Um, there were some publications there were some books on dreaming there weren't a lot most of the scientific thought on dreaming came through uh, periodicals Mm -hmm. but there were some and the main one was John Abercrombie's inquiries concerning the intellectual powers and the investigation of truth that one um takes a lot of ideas that were already published a lot earlier, as do most of them. And most of them come from this book um, by David Hartley. It was published in 1749 called Observations on Man. So the quote that I think kind of explains a lot of the thinking about the, again, quote-unquote scientific element of dreams is, he says, dreams are nothing but the imaginations, fancies, or reveries of a sleeping man, and they are deducible from the three following causes. Okay. First, the impressions and ideas lately received, and particularly those of the preceding day. Yep, I can see that. Secondly, the state of the body, particularly that of the stomach and brain. Potentially. And thirdly, association. Okay. Now, association's kind of a big complex thing yeah um, i need some because do, do you mean it isn't like i suppose like the what i would consider it's a freudian way of just being like you know like almost word association and that like yeah. we're bouncing around of ideas where like one thing leads on to the next yeah okay. so that theory of association that hartley's talking about here that does end up being kind of the basis for later models of what we now think of as psychology but it is essentially that kind of it's an explanation for how your thoughts connect with each other. So when you're awake, your um, your thoughts go by association in a much more um, rational way, mm-hmm. a much more kind of logical way. That you and it's very clear to you. Yeah. So, you know, you think maybe um, I'm hungry and then your brain thinks about something that you needed to buy from the shops. Yeah. Because that's a logical association. But when you're asleep, your brain kind of does this association in a much more... Um, almost free way so you might not be aware of the associations that it's making it might be some really vague unconscious association that you have with a certain thing but that is why for example you might be 
dreaming about a cat and then suddenly it turns into a dragon or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it seems totally irrational and illogical, but it's because of some kind of association connection. The brain made a connection. You're just not aware of what connection it yeah. made. Got you. So this is a lot of the kind of like weirdness of dreams, potentially. Um, also in that one, you notice how he says they the dreams are the fancies or the reveries. Mm. Or, um, and that's actually another one of the things that gets a bit confusing with Victorian dreams. Because you do find that because this isn't the realm of a actual subject yet. So, like, when Alice is being written, psychology is just not a subject. It's yeah. just not a thing. Um, and so the language that was used to describe dream was just kind of all over the place. Well, yeah. really settled, yeah. So you see dream just being used interchangeably with, like, trance oh. or reverie or oh. nightmare or um, daydream. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell if you're reading a piece of fiction whether your character is actually asleep or not um, yeah because it's not really the important thing because that comes up sometimes in like Jane Eyre with like Bertha yeah because sometimes it's not entirely clear like whether she's sometimes like conscious of her actions in some like to some degree because yeah, yeah that's where you get that creeping back in of the similarity between insanity mm. and dream because as opposed to obviously see Bertha as insane and therefore she's not rationally connecting things as you're supposed to do if you're not insane (laughs) so yeah and so that's confusing yes (laughs) which in a way that I think kind of fits with the overall view of dreams as being this quite unsettling hard to pin down Mm. thing that can happen to you where you might just you know lose your uh, connection to reality and therefore be insane or uh, and you know people were talking about this not just in like scientific things so Abercrombie talks about the connection between if you are asleep and dreaming you are essentially insane in a state of insanity um Dickens talks about it as well in not not quite the same way but um he in uh, one of his uncommercial traveler uh, installments mm. which is in all the year round uh, he talks about the way that the we are the same um, at night as the insane when we lie dreaming we are all the same uh, and it's actually it's a really nice I would say really nice it's quite weird but also nice <laughs> as a community of sleeping people kind of or like a universality like this, yeah it's almost like this egalitarian view of everyone's the same Mm. in their sleep so he talks about like the queen is gonna also have nightmares about going outside in her underwear or something like that in your night clothes um and it it levels everybody uh, in dream there's no uh, no social distinction there's no um yeah so i just think it's quite nice in that way but coming back to what the victorians generally thought the dreams were so they can be potentially have a religious explanation Mm -hmm. they can potentially have that physiological scientific explanation Mm -hmm. you you dream of heat because you're hot you dream of something because you like you dream of something horrible because you ate meat before bed or there's these kinds of Mm -hmm. things did they have any explanation for you know that thing where you feel like you're falling and then you jolt awake i've never seen that specifically Mm. i know because i still think that's weird because 
I think nowadays people think that it's like meant to be some kind of reflex. It's meant to like wake you up in case there's predators near or something like that. But again, I yeah. I still am not one hundred percent. I mean, I can't. I don't. I don't have the answers to life. I don't think, which means I also have the answers to dream. Yeah, I mean, you do. You get some kind of interesting experiments, mm. like in that um, Hartley's observations on man. Mm. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, this one is repeated by Abercrombie as well. They um, experiment with putting a hot water bottle by your feet when you go to sleep, okay. and supposedly this made people dream of. I think it was like being at a volcano. Um, so yeah, just burning your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's that kind of idea that you you could change them, you could influence them, and this would explain kind of why we dream about certain things if you hear a noise. Mm. Um, and you know, to an extent, some of these things are genuinely true. It's just they didn't quite have the mm-hmm. full picture like we have now. But. One of the ones that we are going to look at today, thinking about spooky dreams, is prophetic dreams. So this is just the idea that you could dream something that would tell you about the future. Mm-hmm. But generally, they weren't just like going to show you the future. Yeah, it's you like the association to... thing, right? Yeah. It's just going to randomly be like, boom. Yeah, you have to interpret them, oh, right? God. So <laughs> you might have seen like modern dream guides mm. because they still sell them it's now fun. if you look at most of the modern dream guides it's more psychological mm. so the authors will say things about like unlocking your subconscious like you're revealing something about yourself that you've kind of suppressed or you're kind of ignoring and it's a lot more psychological based on what our understanding of psychology is now. The Victorian dream guys weren't really like that. That This was just purely, you know, what might your dreams be telling you about the future? Um, obviously, now they're also kind of like generally quite nice looking books, maybe a hardback with some um, gilt on the front. The Victorian dream guides were like cheap little mm-hmm. leaflets. Mm-hmm. Like ephemera? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So we actually have one here. In fact, we have a couple here. From your personal collection. Yes. (laughs) So if you are watching this on the video, I will attempt to show you a bit closer what they look like. Um, If you are listening to us on the podcast, you can see these either on YouTube or on our social media. So you can see these are very thin. They're not particularly well done. So the edges are very rough. Um, This is a slightly fancier one that does have... An illustration, a proper illustration. Oh, Johnny, hold one and while you have Yes, please. Okay, so these have names like The Golden Dreamer or Dreams Realized, and this one is The New Universal Dream Book or The Dreamer's Sure Guide to the Hidden Mysteries of Futurity, to which I added several remarkable dreams and undeniable proofs of the real importance of interpreting dreams by Mother Shipton. Oh, who you've mentioned before on the podcast. Yes, so if you go back to our Mother's Day episode, we talked about Mother Shipton as being this kind of folklore figure of um, very often associated with like witchcraft and prophecy. Um, and she just, she she comes up a lot. Like if you believe the front of these dream guys, Mother Shipton wrote a lot of them. Um, all of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Prophecies. Every so, single night, going to sleep, <laughs> having a prophecy, writing it down. So one of the other things that I asked you to do 
and not tell okay. me about before okay. we recorded the podcast okay. is to try to remember a recent interesting dream, okay. which we're going to try to interpret using these Victorian dream guides. Okay. Okay. I have many an interesting dream because as those near and dear to me will know, I am in the middle of doing my thesis corrections. You know, there's, yes. uh, how long is that to go? There's just over a month to go. So I have a lot of anxiety dreams. Um, so I have a selection for you if you want me to give you a selection. Because yeah. the, a lot of my dreams have just been like, here's this terrifying thing. There hasn't been much of a narrative <laughs> to them. It's just like, that's fine. Okay. We just need one or two terms that we can I attempt have, to set. I have three for you. Okay. So my first one is the naked dream, which you've just told me apparently did exist as a fear because Charles did. Yes. Yeah, absolutely it did. Okay. So if um, we, we may fast forward this for the sake of the podcast, because in these dream guides, as you can see, they were very thin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things in there, you might think, who would dream of that? So if we take in this uh, little one, for example, you might dream of asses. So to dream you are riding on an ass is the forerunner of some foolish quarrel in which you'll be much in the wrong and condemned by your friends. For anybody who's not a native English speaker, I believe that that's donkey rather than something else you (laughs) might be thinking of. Right. So um, we have eating, we have dogs. Right. So all of the dream guides are in alphabetical order. They work like a kind of dictionary. I'm turning this carefully a page at a time because they are quite thin. Um, Now, actually, I suspect... I don't even know what it will come under because it may not be naked. Yeah, it it won't be... Unclothed. Yeah, we're unlikely to be able to find nudity in here. So, in fact, under N, we only have nails and nightingales. So, I think the closest to what we want here is actually going to be apparel. Oh, tell me about apparel. So, is it going to tell me that, what is it, apparel made for man? (laughs) I'm not wearing anything. There's nothing to me, Hayley, the shallowest person you've ever met. (laughs) So, okay. This, the apparel section is quite lengthy, so we're going to skip through this. It tells us that nothing more demonstrates the events that are about to happen to you than dreaming of wearing apparel. So let's see if it, it has lots of information here about various colours. So, um, for example, to dream you're dressed in white is a sure token of success in the first object you undertake. And also that you'll be successful in love if you're wearing white, okay? Okay. So... If you are dressed in blue, dressed in scarlet, yellow, yellow is rather lucky than otherwise. Um, do you have that's any? So vague. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's also something that you definitely find in these. They are really, really vague. Like so, with horoscopes. Yeah, so you can see why somebody might read that and then think, oh, that actually came true. Yeah. When actually the chances of it coming true are probably kind of 50-50. Yeah. Um, also, I wonder how it would alter your perspective. So you know when you read a horoscope and it says you're going to have a terrible week and you have a terrible week, I wonder how much that initial prognosis influenced you or whether you'd have had a better week if they were like hey this is gonna be a bit of a mixed week and Hmm. whether in you might actually think oh yeah it was a bit there were some down points but there were some good things as well 
Yeah, that's very true. I mean, this kind of psychological effect of reading this and having mm. that in your head is definitely something that would have been... Right, so basically, even if it's not a dream, we should probably all wear white clothes according to the stream guide. Yeah, okay. just in case. There are some other good ones, um, but yeah, to dream that you're fashionably dressed is one of them. And Ooh. in good company is very good for the dreamer. He will rise considerably above his present condition. And your sweetheart will prefer you above others and be very good tempered. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good one. Um, the last one is to dream you are dressed shabbily. If your clothes are ragged and torn, it's a bad omen. So actually, we do not have any lack of clothes in here. I just glanced down at that page and noticed that to dream an ass runs after you denotes that some slander will be raised against you by some foolish person and you will become themselves the victims of the scandal raised against you which seems oddly specific it's very specific <laughs> right so if we now turn to our other dream guide another Shipton one okay and this one actually has a few more in it because again if you're looking at this on the picture or on the youtube video you can see that mother shipton's one is a bit bigger it's quite a lot taller than uh, the golden dreamer and it's thicker as well yeah this is from about 1840 just before 1840 so in this one we have things like uh, abuse acquaintance adultery adversary arms Okay, so on this one, do we still have apparel? We don't. Do we? Oh, yeah, we do, but yeah. it's much shorter. To dream that your apparel is proper and suited to the season of the year denotes prosperity and happiness. Well, mine was not suited to the season. It's it, autumn. It wasn't, was it? No. And no. it doesn't say what happens if it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's see if this one has anything that fits more specifically. And I remember you telling me when we were doing the run-up to the, this episode that you were like, these were kind of used for fun, to be yeah. like, poured over. And I was thinking, we are two young women in the prime of our life, pouring over an 1840s dream guide. <laughs> so had this like strange moment of like the past and the present kind of colliding. Yeah, so they they weren't generally that serious most people didn't see them as a very serious thing they were definitely for entertainment um in fact on the back of this one and in almost all of them you do get this kind of small disclaimer to tell you that the editor obviously thinks that this is complete nonsense but they're just publishing it just so that you can see how much nonsense used to be published in the past so this one says to the reader the foregoing pages are published principally to show the superstitions which engrossed the mind of the population of Scotland during a past age, and which are happily disappearing before the progress of an enlightened civilization. Also, it, love the way that it just shoved it all the way over. They're just like, oh, not us, not us. Couldn't, <laughs> would never. Yeah. So, actually, this is another kind of interesting reference. This one is, um, well, this one's from Glasgow. Oh, so, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, printed for the bookseller. Uh, yeah, but um, you do actually have this uh, like folkloric connection with dream and prophecy and the idea of second sight, which oh, is yes. um, a Scottish tradition. So that's also often connected to these. You do see a lot of the time 
despite this, despite the fact yeah. that they're saying this is nonsense, you shouldn't believe in this, you have kind of little things in there, little hints that try to make it feel like it's more reliable. Mm-hmm. Like this was a dream guy that was found in Napoleon's chest when his ship sank and things like that. Um, so it's like trying to kind of give you that impression in your head that this is some kind of like lost um, yeah, they're like we're not we're not just saying these yeah. things. We're not just uh, yeah, just stating facts, just stating facts, just telling you that it's um, you know something that was found. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not verifying this thing in and of itself. Yeah, but I am telling you that it was found by you know in this very famous place by this very famous dead person. Yeah, or it's come from this like name that you recognise like. Mother Shipton, yes. which you might recognise from folklore again. So, yeah, this finishes off by saying, it is hoped, therefore, that the reader will not attach the slightest importance to the solutions of the dreams as rendered above, as dreams are generally the result of a disordered stomach or an excited imagination. Mm. So we get that physiological uh, reasoning coming in there. But, yeah, they're like, don't, we have nothing to do with this disclaimer. Don't blame us if you're... Yeah. <laughs> your dreams don't come true um so because of like the scottish connection do you think it kind of like lends an air of legitimacy it particularly it's like published in scotland yeah in in that case because mm-hmm. that one's published in scotland i think that is what they're kind of potentially hinting yes. at there yeah even um, as they discredit themselves they're like no but really yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely and again this is something that you see in in connection to dreams generally, that Abercrombie book that I was talking about, uh, that is literally, you know, Abercrombie's a physician. He's writing about what dreams could potentially be, what might be the origin of them, how they could be important to us kind of diagnosing certain health issues. But he also publishes in there some supernatural dreams that have no explanation. So there is no reason to include those apart from the fact that this was entertaining people mm. are entertained by the inexplicable oh, dream world yeah and it worked because Abercrombie's book was in I think about its 11th edition by oh, the wow. end of the period yeah so it was it was popular <laughs> right okay I'm still looking through this um this dream guide I haven't seen anything that might help us yet I've got uh, sheep shoes and singing <laughs> I guess because, like, how would you delicately write nudity? I'm not yeah. sure you... Particularly since these usually marketed to young women, aren't they? Sometimes. Not always. And actually, that's another important... Well, not important, but interesting thing, mm. I think, with dream guides. Because they are, in general, thought to be aimed at women. And you do see a few that are, like, the ladies' dream guide and that kind of thing. But I have noticed that in quite a few of them, you have interpretations that are clearly specifically aimed at men because they're about things happening that a woman wouldn't be doing at that time. Or it does specifically refer to, like, he and and things like that. So it's most value for money. So, like, if you had children, for example, you had a couple of girls, a couple of boys, buying a dream guide and just being like, go and play with this might be useful because value for money you don't have to buy a separate gift for your sons yeah and there is also the element that it's not exactly acceptable um as in this was quite a like seen as a silly frivolous thing to do by most people um so you get 
uh, actually one of my favourite articles when I was looking, when I was researching dreams for uh, for my thesis was in, um, in all the year round in 1860. It's an anonymous article. It's called Dictionary Dreams. Mm. And it just completely slates dream guides. <laughs> it starts off with this narrator who's gone to a shop and he's seen the lady's own dream guide or she has seen the lady's own dream guide in the window of the shop and decides to buy it um, and then just tears it apart. So they talk about the fact that, you know, oh. the, um, in fact, I think I noted a quote down here for it um, because I kind of wanted to tell you about that. But uh, yeah, the um, picture on the front. Mm-hmm. So imagine like this one that we, we held out, the one that has the, the sleeping woman with the imagery on the surrounding her they talk about how bad that is so in this case it's really badly drawn they say it's, it looks like it's being colored with um, like much freeness of hand and a, <laughs> an unsharpened pencil or something like that so it looks terrible and then they sort of say like who would be dreaming of these things so it's got like sorry i have an imagination yeah like um like dreaming of your own spine and they they put in quite like ridiculous ones well i might dream my own spine i don't know well now you said it yeah tonight (laughs) probably dream my own spine association so they do all that and they say this is ridiculous and it's quite and done in a humorous way but they also publish in there what they say is the contents of the lady's own dream guide, which is just plagiarism. An alphabetical list. Whether <gasps> this was a real dream guide or not is a different Unless question. Unless they just made it up. Yeah. A bit like Byron they when he's like, oh, I'm have. definitely on like my seventh edition. I'm like, <laughs> explain to me where the printing of your second, third, fourth, and fifth are then. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. <laughs> but yeah, so they publish um, just this alphabetical list of all, exactly like this. So mm-hmm. essentially, they just publish a dream guide in all the year round, just with this humorous take either side of it in the article, which is not that much different from like the the mm. editor making a note that you know this we don't believe in this. This is obviously not true, but but we'll here it happily is. take your cash exactly because we know this is interesting. We know it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So in that sense, exactly what we're doing here. Okay, we have um, silk and shoes, walls and precipices, toads, treasure, <laughs> turnips. Have you ever dreamt of a turnip? I didn't think I have. Oh, just now, I, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to find. Okay. Do you want to move on to my second one? No, yeah. Okay. Uh, classic anxiety dream with your teeth falling out. Ah, teeth. Okay, let's see if you have any teeth in here. We do. I feel like teeth should be one. To dream you lose your teeth denotes the loss of some friend by death. That's a dramatic one. And troubles and misfortunes are about to attend you. Uh... I had a feeling one of these could potentially come up. (laughs) And I want to immediately say don't panic. Because so many of the dream interpretations are weirdly horrific okay. like somebody is generally dying or missing <laughs> Got it. or Got um, it. some tragedy is going to befall someone uh, and they're either kind of extremely positive or terrifyingly extremely negative like going to a fortune teller it's usually one or the other you never really get a mixed bag right so 
that's kind of one of the things that I sort of hope might <laughs> might come up for that purpose. We also have things in here. Actually, I'm going to look at teeth in this one while I'm saying this. But um, obviously, we also have things in here that we wouldn't necessarily expect to dream of now because mm. it's not something that's really in our consciousness. Yeah, look, I don't really engage with donkeys, so I don't think I've right. ever dreamt of a donkey <laughs> chasing me. I mean, again, be my spine, donkey chasing me. Those are the two things we're doing tonight. And just the same the other way around. So, like, if you look in this one here, we have starching as one of our options. To dream of starching shows that you will marry an industrious person. Oh, my God. Okay. Can I can I mention something Elizabeth Gaskell related again? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, there's this moment where, um, you know, Margaret, like, they can't find a maid. And so Margaret's the one doing, like, basically the laundry like she's a, yeah i can't remember whether she's starching i think she's actually ironing something um and basically her mother gets a little bit upset with her but it did make me think if margaret spent all morning ironing which is fairly close to starching whether she dreamt that night of starching because she marries eventually a very industrious person ah. so that see that would have come true from um from mother shipton then <laughs> And yeah, in this one, we do not have teeth in the Golden Dreamer. Okay. Right? So one of the things that kind of you will notice if we were to hit on one that was in both of these mm -hmm. is a lot of them copy each other. Yes. So even though they claim to be coming from different places and they are, you know, this thing that's been found in an old society of whatever, <laughs> they, they obviously are copying each mm -hmm. other. So... How honest the producers of these are being is quite questionable. Ah. Um, but as I said, they are really being published as entertainment. And although undoubtedly there were people who were taking them seriously and actually kind of planning their lives on the the prophecy of the dream guide, potentially, um, it is fairly obvious that they're mainly for fun. Yes. Yes. Which you might terrify yourself with, because as we just saw, you can also find things like you're going to have an unexpected visitor and things like that. Things mm -hmm. that are quite specific. Yeah. I think, I'm thinking the only other dream that I've had recently would be a zombie dream. We're definitely not going to find zombies. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. You might find undead or, or dead. dead. Yeah. And I thought that maybe... Since so they're so focused on dead, on I'm, death. Yes, I'm willing might to be bet able to... there will be death in both of these. Okay, so there's death in that one. <laughs> and if we find death in the new Universal Dream book... I mean, I wasn't dead, I escaped, that was great. <laughs> it was a solid effort, Hayley, in this dream. And we actually was. do have cucumbers in, um, Excuse me? in this one as well. Yeah, do you want to know what happens if you I, I would love to know. It denotes recovery to the sick and you will fall speedily in love. Or, if you are in love, you will marry the present object of your affections. Also, moderate success in trade. Okay, I've just had... An, an image has appeared in my mind about this. <laughs> of people... Uh, see, if you can't lucid dream, what are people using them to attempt to dream by association? So I just had this image of someone surrounding themselves with cucumbers because they really <laughs> desperately wanted to marry the object of their affection. If I see this enough times, I'm sh I'll surely dream of a cucumber. Yeah, it, actually, it kind of reminds me of there are these, like, um, 
hesitate to say spells, but essentially magic spells that you can try to do um, with things like you would have to pick certain flowers, tie them up and put them under your pillow at night. And that would make you dream of the person you're going to marry. And in that way, you could like prophesize your future husband. We might have to add this, that idea and the language of flowers for a future episode and see if we can figure out whether there's any connection between that idea of like dreaming and language of flowers yeah, whether the purpose of the, the dream guides and the language of flower guides kind of um, yeah combined really forces yeah that'd be quite interesting we should definitely do that right that's that's upcoming okay death death <laughs> death in both of these okay for a smaller glasgow golden dreamer mm-hmm. they say that death to dream, you see this grim-looking bundle of bones denotes happiness and long life, and you will either be speedily married yourself or else assist at a wedding. To dream that you are dead also denotes a speedy marriage and that you'll be successful in all of your undertakings. To those that are married, it foretells young children and that they will be dutiful and give you great comfort. To dream, you see another person dead. Okay, yes, be zombie. yes denotes ill usage from friends. If you're in love, your sweetheart will prove false. If you're a farmer, you'll lose money by horses and be waylaid as you return from market. (laughs) Basically, I think what we're seeing here is it's kind of the way, like, you know, the death card in tarot. Yeah. It doesn't usually actually mean death. It means change. Yeah. So just big change is going to happen for you. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, kind of, kind of similar. Sad for the last one. Just don't dream about zombies, apparently, because it means everybody's out to get you and you'll lose cash. Yeah, but if you're a farmer, then your death dream has very specific connotations for you. What's <laughs> Mother Shipton tell me? So, yeah, here I think you will see that copying. So, to dream you are dead denotes a speedy marriage and that you'll mm. be successful in all your undertakings. To those who are married, it foretells young children and that they will be dutiful and give you great comfort. To dream that you see another person dead denotes ill usage from friends. If you're in love, your sweetheart will prove false. If you're in trade, sharpers will take you in. If you're a farmer, you'll lose money by horses and be waylaid as you return from market. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that was a good example of how how similar these can be. So, you know, as you said, this is, you know, ancient Scottish law supposedly in the Golden Dreamer and Mother Shipton approved from the Universal Dreamer. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> it is fun and it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got dreams have the spooky side, they have the kind of wish fulfillment mm. side, which obviously comes later with Freud and gets developed into something quite yeah. different. Um, and they also have that fun side. Mm. Right. So, Spooky, but also fun, like our layout here today. <laughs> yeah, although it's spooky and fun, we have <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes, we have bats and ghosts and ghouls. And pumpkins, so yeah. We hope that you are also having a wonderfully spooky and fun Halloween. And if you want to hear more about weird dream things and what Victorians thought about the mind and brain, then you might want to join us on our next podcast, which is celebrating the birthday of Robert Louis Stevenson and talking about the double, because, of course, Jekyll and Hyde.
I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't know what's going to happen. There's more speakiness and more gothic. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, every single step of like the seat. That's why I love, you know, I love the seasons, but I love that we have our road trips and I got really into the road trips, but then I was really excited for when we do like our autumn and spooky episodes. I'm really excited for our Christmas episodes. And yeah. Then I can get excited for spring again. Just... <laughs> yeah. I do love these seasonal moments at the end of the month. Me too. So hopefully we'll see you there at the next podcast for more spooky things. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.